Friends, family, fanatics, internet freaks, we are back. I got Ty Lasseter and Quentin Flores all the way from San Antonio yeah. live on the CashCast today. I'm going to kick into the intro, and then these guys are going to talk about real estate things, including relationships, which these guys are already working on a deal. It's been, he's been here. Like since less than tonight. 24 yeah. hours. Yeah, this is beautiful. <laughs> so we're going to dive right into it. Cast coming in fast. Relative info on investments that will smash. Miss out on this, you'll be coming in last. Acoustic force bringing the intro blast. Hey, this is Vanilla Ice, and I'm chilling with my man Ty Lassiter. And I want to tell you one command: stop, collaborate, and listen. Key City Capital is about to throw down. So get it how you live it, and always remember: cash, cast, baby. <laughs> Bet. I have had a number of sellers that have told us that we got the deal because we touched their their property, we touched them, we had marketing to them, we were in front of them more often than our competition was. Boom, take it away guys. All right guys, so I'm super excited. We got Quentin in the office today. One of the things that I talk about all the time being super important in business is relationships. I spend 70% of my time on relationships. Yep. And you can kind of see that with you and with all the people that I interact with. I try to focus on how can we work together to build relationships that's mutually beneficial for both of us. We're already, I'm coming to your event that I'm super excited about yeah. in February. Um, bringing <laughs> so in some relationships didn't know, there. Ty is one of our speakers at the event. And yesterday he blew my mind with some of the knowledge that he had. Because we're currently, now we're apparently working on a deal, which is insane. But yeah, I mean, that, that, I love relationships. I mean, look at, look at the way I, I'm dressed and then look at the way he's dressed and we can still collaborate and come together and make something happen because we see past all those things. Exactly. Everybody brings their, their own value, if you will, right? Everybody brings their own positive attributes into whatever your relationship. Yeah. And you don't ever know that if you judge a book by its cover. And so exactly. I, treat, I treat everyone the same. Mm -hmm. And when I create a relationship with, with, with whoever it is, and then you never find out where that, or you never know where that relationship's going to go until you start nurturing it. It's true. And it starts out with an event, and then you come up here, and we sat down at like 5 o'clock last night, find out you've been working on a deal for like a year and a half. Yep. And it's a deal that we've done a couple very similar to that. And then I find out something about a deal that you're working on that we probably lost one like it because I didn't know how to how to work on that. And so just very cool with the way that we come yeah. in and can collaborate running similar businesses in that they're in real estate, but there's so many different ways to do real estate that so many people don't understand. It's very true. My, one of my mentors told me this a while ago and he said, uh, Quinn, you have to learn what you do best and honor what you do best and forgive yourself for the things that you cannot do by yourself. And I always figured like that was probably the most important thing. I, I swear that came from a fortune cookie. That's how crazy that was, you know? And it, it's true because uh, I did not know about this awesome strategy. We're going to do, we're going to go over it a little bit, but I want to save some of the juicy parts when we get to the case study because he's going to be talking about it at the event. So Super I mean, excited about that. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it's insane, man. It's insane. So, you know, it, it's definitely important to keep these relationships strong in the business, you know, because these relationships 
are going to be the differential factor of how you become successful and how you nurture those relationships bleeds into every other part of your life. So I'm a firm believer that there's a reason that people meet. Absolutely. Like we were, we were talking about yesterday that, you know, this is, you, you did over 25 deals this month, mm -hmm. 27, right? Yeah. That was and actually last month. Which last was month. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, and then we've got a business plan and with our investors, we're expecting to do 250 to 300 deals next year. Oh, and so that is, you know, with our marketing, our marketing, we're doing a number of deals a month just off of internally generated leads, mm -hmm. but I'm obviously going to have to build out some relationships from there and start working with some other people outside of that. And the, I think the, 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 the aspects that you bring to the table and then the market that you're in is a market that I really, really like. And so that's something that like, I'm super excited to sit down with you today and kind of talk through and see how we can work together on something like that after just seeing one deal that you had. And I, I, I just like your background. You, you talked about you used to do title search for an yeah. attorney and everything like that. So you bring a really cool aspect to the table and that like, I didn't even realize, like, I guess I've taken it for granted and that we don't have to do our own title work or our own title research work and clearing all the liens and things mm -hmm. like that. That's something that you do in house. Yeah, so I think to. that's really cool and that you've learned a ton by doing that. So what are some of the things that you've learned by, by, by doing some of your own title searching, your own title work? So th there's a few ways that you can close on a property. And a lot of times what, what you understand is that like, so at the beginning, when most people get started in real estate, the first thing that they think of is 70% minus repairs, right? Like that's always like number one exit strategy. And you, what you start to understand as you, as you educate yourself more that you're leaving so much money on the table by limiting yourself to that one and only deal. And some of the deals that I've been able to accomplish had taken me a lot of time to do, but they carried the largest spreads. And when you do deals like that in volume, it's much like uh, my friend Nicole Espinosa, shout out to the short sale queen, by the way, she's awesome. But she does nothing but work on short sales. But she's working on a hundred of them. And even though they take six months to 12 months to close, Jeez. You know, then you're turning That's them a like lot that. Of short sales, right? I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> I've being done on the phone. one, and it was a headache. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even imagine being on the phone with a bank that long. Man. Oh, I know. I, I got a short attention span, bro. I do too. <laughs> like with, like with, with that part right there, you understand that there's several levels to this business. Whether you're negotiating a mortgage down, whether you're trying to remove like a, a few liens on a property by simply getting on the phone and calling a bank, or even suing for title on a home and buying it without title insurance. That's an interesting strategy. That's called a suit to quiet title, which is an entirely different, I'll say like ballpark on how you can buy a home. And that could take you three to five years to own a house. And that's what we talked about with you. That was something that I learned that I didn't realize yesterday that I didn't know. And I think that's so cool that you've, you've realized these opportunities, but think about how many, think about how many escrow officers there are that run title yeah. that know this strategy is available, but they're not, and they haven't taken it. the opportunity to be a real estate investor themselves. Mm -hmm. Same thing with realtors and stuff. There's so many people that they're getting all of this knowledge. And so it's really, it, it goes to show that knowledge isn't everything. Sometimes you have to be willing to take action on a risk in order to really grow your, to grow your wealth and, and your ability to, to run and do business. And there's so many people that, that have opportunities because of the knowledge. And so, so many people I hear, you know, well, if I just, if I just knew this, then I'll get started. Once I know this, I'll get started in real estate. You got to just get started. And then there's so many things that you can learn 
that you're never going to know everything. We're never going to know everything. Yeah. And so there's always something uh, there that we can learn that we don't know yet. But if you don't take action, you don't ever realize that. You know, and it's funny because when I learned about this strategy, this suit to quiet title, adverse possession strategy, mm -hmm. I was watching a, uh, it was an article of a guy in Dallas, Fort Worth, actually. He bought a house adverse possession. The bank... The, the house had been sitting in limbo, but there was a bank lien attached to it. So you don't you don't want to do something like that, right. because but he tried to stay in it so that he could own it. Apparently, the like one lender had bought out that lender, and he thought that it was all good. And then somebody came in and foreclosed on it anyway. But that had been the first time that I learned about adverse possession. When I brought it up to that attorney I was working for, he was like, "Yeah, Q, you can do this. This is an interesting strategy. This is definitely something that works. And once you get title to the home, it wipes out all the other heirs." And you'll actually be granted a transferable form of title on a, on, a, on a specific kind of deed. And it's called a sheriff's deed, which is amazing. But even then, like with deals like that, I wouldn't recommend stuff like that for the novice person. But you, that's why like you, you, you just watching me talk about it here. If you got a deal that you're working on and you need help clearing title on the property, let's go. You know what I mean? But you leverage somebody else's strengths. And that's why relationships are so important. Yeah, back to that. it's huge. I mean, you were talking about a relationship that you got over the gaming world from playing video games yeah. and you're working on a deal, you know? And so you really never know. And so, you know, take action and start today. And so maybe you get into real estate, but then like you were saying, so many people are focused on that. Well, 70% minus repairs. Mm -hmm. I've done a ton of deals that we were in more than 70%. And really what got me to the success level in real estate that got me to where I am was having, I had, at the time, I think I had five deals we were running basically that model, like I'm expecting to be all in at about 75%. I'm gonna retail sell this. Oh, and we had five deals doing fix and flips like that. And I didn't realize how much opportunity I was leaving on the table by not using other strategies. Yep. Like I thought the only way to invest in real estate was fix and flip, right? And maybe we'll buy some rentals here and there. And you get so caught up in one exit strategy. And we talked about this a little bit last, I talked about this last week in that stop focusing on the exit strategy right focus on how you can acquire properties at a discount and then yep. see where it is where the property is and how that deal works out the best and then from there you build out a strategy around that and so you know one of the deals that one of the opportunities that we use is the owner finance model or rent to own and so you can have deals that maybe you only have 15 percent equity in it after you're all in mm -hmm. but because of time and interest you're able to make a large return on something that you only started out with 15% equity in. And that's what I love about the Burr strategy is you get paid more than one time. Yeah. And you, you know you get paid on the interest, you get paid on the down payment, and yeah. then you can even sell that note off if it's performing yeah, to like a exactly. small bank. I, I love owner financing. I, I feel like that is such an important strategy because uh, at those kinds of deals, you can buy them at a higher percentage and even outbid flippers that are trying to get it at 70, 75%. Exactly. And it's an untapped market that not a lot of people are doing. Uh, they're not at all. And, and that's one of the reasons that you know hedge funds right now are only doing that in large markets like Dallas Fort Worth Miami you know some of the big metropolitan markets when you start getting into that's one of the reasons that my team and I we follow some of the sub markets mm -hmm. and some of the tertiary markets or like a not a not an international airport hub yeah. because the hedge funds want to be in areas where they can get there cheaply via flight without a layover Okay. And so now they're, you know, you've got hedge funds in DFW that are paying up to 90, 95% on, on properties that they're holding for long term. 
Well, you can take that same strategy and put it into a secondary market and now you can be in at maybe 85% because you don't have the competition of the hedge funds, yep. but then you still have that long-term value of interest. You've got a down payment to cover your difference in whatever your refinance is and the down payment that you're going to have to, or the equity that you're going to have to leave in the property. You're creating and, like exactly. long-term wealth. Exactly. And it, that is so much better than like a one and done assignment fee. Now, I'm, I'm also like, like, I think like when you have a system in a business, that's definitely super important. Because, uh, you know, even doing owner financing is, is a full-time commitment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, what I'm doing, too, is, I mean, even with our wholesale business that we have, it's a job. It, it is. And everybody everybody that I talked to, um, Lee, one of my partners and I were talking about this yesterday, well, started talking about it Sunday night. There's everybody, everybody wants to be successful. Mm -hmm. And so many people, they, they start a business and they don't see the success that they're wanting in that business yeah. and so they'll go for, to something else to something else and right now with the real estate market being what it is so many people think well then i'll just go try out this real estate thing and they don't understand what it really takes to be super successful yeah. i know just from the short time that i've known you the amount of work that you put into your business same thing that i put into mine now sometimes because of being a visionary, I mean, much like myself, I can tell you're a visionary. You've got phenomenal ideas oh, yeah. that work throughout <laughs> your head sure. constantly, right? Every day. <laughs> and so, so many people, I think, take for granted what we maybe make our business look like. Like, because of the vision and the ideas that we have, sometimes I think we make it look more simple. Yeah. And I refer to this, and I, I've had a couple of people tell me that it's almost like the Tom Brady effect in business. And like Tom Brady makes, if you watch the game last night, he made that game look absolutely yeah. easy, right? And it was almost embarrassing to know that Dallas lost to the Jets after last <laughs> night, right? And Let's so not talk about this I know, time. right? <laughs> like you got that out of the back of your head, right? <laughs> so it, I mean, it, sometimes we take for granted like maybe the experience that we've had in it and the knowledge that we've built and the hard work that we put forth and people only see the results mm -hmm. okay and so then they say oh well this 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 is going to be simple it's going to be real easy you know because well they're doing it and it looks this easy but they don't see what goes on behind the scenes and you were talking about or what yesterday it took to get there exactly you were talking about yesterday you go through 10 people a week just to get that one or two people that will actually stay and work out in your business. And mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's same thing with us. Like we lost two people last week that we thought were going to be phenomenal. And they just, they just couldn't keep up because I mean, I work 150 miles an hour always. I mean, it, my wife doesn't understand. Like yesterday I was, I had to go home cause I was super sick and I needed to go home knowing that you were going to be here. My oh, stomach wow. was killing me and I came back. And so like, some, like I'm up at four in the morning, I'm up till midnight, and that's sometimes what an entrepreneur does, and yep. people don't see that side of the business. They don't, and I feel like uh, like at the beginning too, like I, like if I were to like rewind my life seven years, like to when all this whole thing started before I had like the real estate company, the employees, the VAs, the the systems built, and everything like that. I mean, I, I recall so many people not believing in it because it was just so outside of their perspective <laughs> of thought. I mean, they, they mean people didn't think that I was going to turn my first business endeavor into something successful either. And, you know, like once you understand the idea, and this is something that is the, I'll say like, um, uh, what, what is this? This is the, the truth of, 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 of people is that if it doesn't come easy, then they don't want to do it. 
And you see this nowadays with applications like Uber Eats. Mm -hmm. Rather than going to go get your food, you want your food to come to you. Which is a great application. It is. It allows me to not have to go get my food. It's a business structure. (laughs) I'm all about time. I'm all about convenience, right? But uh, society comes to a point now where we're like probably in the laziest period of our whole life. Yeah. But it's okay. You know what I mean? Because you can still figure out a way to ride that wave because that's being monetized as we speak. We're currently running an operation that's called the I Buy Houses movement. And not a lot of people understand what this is, so I'll go for it and give you all some gold real fast, right? But it's buying houses without even looking at them. How do you do that? How do you do that? You have to have the systems in place. Much like I could probably order a desk like this one that's sitting here. This is a really nice desk, by the way, for you guys that cannot check it out. But... (laughs) This desk, you know, convenience. We were talking about convenience. I hit a button and it raises up and down. Yes, it's so convenient. I've got ADD, so I like to stand. Yeah. (laughs) And what's amazing about that is when you can make the buying process of a property simplified, just like maybe how this desk got here, and maybe even somebody set it up for you. I don't know, right? But the point is, is that it was very convenient for Ty to get this desk in here. And with that being said, that that's the story of our lives right now. You have companies like Amazon closing down companies like GameStop. You got companies like we'll say Amazon again that's closing down all these electronic stores and whatnot because they're now creating their own brands Disney for example buying out Marvel buying out 21st Century Fox and now they're gonna be streaming and they have a net worth of some odd 39 billion Disney and they're flexing that net worth on their new Disney stuff that's gonna be coming out they're gonna have their own streaming service their own TV shows just like Netflix is called Disney Plus And so, like, it's definitely a movement, and people got to be more open to understanding this. And I wouldn't have known anything like this if I didn't meet an individual who was doing it in... in, um in the, the West Coast, my buddy Carlos, they do the I Buy Houses movement. And when you see companies like Zillow now yep. offering on homes. KW is now doing it. K- Keller Williams, and now what, Open Door? Open Door Open is door. another one. When you see yep. companies like this that are now making offers on your house, when it was a joke a couple of, of years ago. I remember like there was this funny meme that's like, like uh, Robin getting slapped by Batman, and Robin's <laughs> like, Zillow says my house is worth 20000 and then Batman's like, then how come Zillow hasn't given you an offer, right? And, and here we are. Are, right? <laughs> we all laughed at Zillow and now Zillow is laughing at us, which is hilarious. Yeah. But now you have to jump on that movement because it, it's the time where you implement new systems. And you so, have to think about, though, the conversation that you're having with that seller because that's going to be one of their biggest objections. Yep. We went through, we had two, uh, two conversations yesterday with sellers that absolutely argued with us because we told them we didn't need to see their house. And there's ways of structuring that conversation, you know, and we, well, if you're, what you're telling me is true and what, if I can believe you and I, I'm, I'm an honest person, I want to think that you're an honest person, you know, and setting up the proper exactly, expectations. expectations and it just, sometimes they're just dumbfounded by the fact that I'm making an offer on their house without even seeing it. And mm-hmm. so that's an ob- objection you have to come over, but it allows you to do business anywhere. Yep. Absolutely. Anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. And when you have those systems in place, systems that you got to work very hard for, <laughs> I know we, we're talking about it like it's simple, like it's you simple, know, yeah. but even Zillow started somewhere to get to where they are now. And companies like Open Door, you know, we even heard about them three years ago. Yeah. I, don't, I know I didn't. And maybe they were just chilling in like, you know, getting everything set up for this movement, understand a, a correction that may be happening in the market very soon. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're jumping on an opportunity right now. And that's something that not a lot of people do. Going back to the idea of people uh, seeing the shiny light of yeah. what real estate can be, but yeah. not following through with it, you know? Exactly. You start out beta, 
like Zillow or like Open Door, and then you get into what you're trying to do. But it starts with understanding the process and knowing that you're going to fail along the way and just never giving up. Well, it's like you, you just said something a minute ago that you've, you've been doing this real estate business for seven years. I know mm -hmm. we've talked about your story when I went down to San Antonio. We talked a little bit about your background and stuff like that. So it's not what we're talking about today. But I didn't realize we didn't talk about time frame. So I didn't realize you had been in business for seven years. Now, knowing yeah. what it's taken me to get to where I am, I knew that you didn't do that within a year, but I yeah. didn't know what that time frame was. And so many people, you know, they see the results, you see open door, what they're at now, right? And you think, well, it's just an overnight success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 3,650 nights, though, is what they don't understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, it takes it, it takes, takes almost 10 years to get Trials, to, to where you're at. Exactly. And, and so, you know, one of the cool points that you brought up about Amazon and about Disney is something I call conceptual implementation. You see what somebody or a business is doing in another market, and how can you implement that into your business and in your market? 100%. And, and then maybe you need to tweak it. Maybe you can't take this exact model that they're doing and put it into your business and just use it immediately. There takes some tweaks to it. But my, my coach, um, JT Fox, my business coach, is phenomenal at this. He went to, one time he went to a, uh, uh, it wasn't Mick Jagger, it uh, it was, uh, maybe it was a Beatles concert or something like that. Oh, wow. He went to a Paul McCartney concert. Oh, okay. So he goes to a Paul McCartney concert, and he sees what Paul McCartney was doing at the concert and how he gets the whole crowd involved in the concert mm -hmm. by, by just talking to them, interacting with them, Engaging. gets the whole crowd involved. And then he has this idea that he's going to implement at one of his events. By getting the crowd involved, he's going to get the crowd to get um, to get uh, John Travolta to sing Greece. Oh, and John wow. Travolta hadn't sang Greece in like 30 years, right? And so it's just this idea. Okay, it worked here. So how can I make this implemented in my event that I'm doing, right? And yep. I mean, John Travolta had already signed an agreement that he was not going to entertain at the <laughs> event. But he knows that... If he gets the whole crowd involved, then he's just naturally going to have to do it, right? And so yep. how can you take some, something that someone else is doing and implement it in your business and make your business more beneficial because of it? And, I mean, it's a phenomenal concept that so many people don't utilize. But you can see what Amazon's doing or what Open Door's doing now. And so you've implemented that into your business. I've implemented it in mine. We definitely yep. are making offers without going in. You can't do more than three or four deals a month by looking, if you're looking at all the deals that you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can get three, four, maybe five deals and, and actually be able to go see them all. But once you start scaling and you get to where you're consistently doing more than 10 deals a month, there's no way you can do that many and actually you can't physically go see yeah. them all. Now you might have a team that actually can go look at them eventually, yeah. but still, once you get to where you're doing 100 deals a year, like you, you've got to have a system in place and that system has to be so dialed in that eight, at least 80% of the time you can do it hands-free. Yep. It feels amazing because while I've been here in this room, uh, my phone's been blowing up with the scheduled closings that we've had, contracts that are being submitted to title, and it feels really great, you know, that I can take a quick vacation and, and be here, right? But you're, you're super right about the systems. I think that it's very important that you study other people's business systems. Uh, like, I, I love Grant Cardone, huge 10X head. My buddy Pat Hilton was uh, lucky enough to grace the stage at the 10X conference uh, a couple years back, and it's amazing to think about what he does in his business. And he always talks about, look, you're never going to get where you want to go by studying multi-million dollar companies. The only way that you're going to take your business to the next level if you study multi-billion dollar companies. Yeah. So if you're wanting to see what people like Jeff Bezos is doing, yep. right? 
or Elon Musk and what his operation yep. is doing. That's when you know you're playing at a level that people actually care about. Yeah. You see a lot of people this day and age, they're buying Rolexes, they're buying crazy exotic cars and stuff. And it, it, I, I saw this at, on one of his podcasts. He said it's just that you, when you do things like that, you're playing at a, at a level that nobody cares about. Yeah. Because it's not changing the world for the better. It's not transforming society. It's not bringing something of value that can that that that, that can create not only wealth but actual time that people can have. That's, Amazon created yeah. time for people. Yeah. Well, uh, no I mean, it's, to to it's almost that selfish viewpoint. There's you know you get to a point where you're semi successful. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these people, if you can afford to buy a Lambo, then you're somewhat successful. Oh yeah. But if, of course, if that's the I'm not first thing that, that buying a Lambo is bad either. No, 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 not at all. Not yeah. at all. I mean. Grant Cardone has his nice cars, and I mean, Can't see, you know, right? <laughs> a, a multi-million dollar house or whatever the case may be, but I, I'm saying that when that's your first thing that you go out and do, when you mm -hmm. reach a little bit of success, you're kind of limiting yourself. 100%. And if you look at like, you know, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, people like that, they're not posting the pictures of their Lamborghini. They're posting about what they're doing for their business, for other people, for society. How are they creating a business that is going to help the country grow, the, to help the world grow and things like that. And so that's a great point that you have to study those people that are not, you know, so many people, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to learn from somebody and, and well, I'm going to learn from somebody that hasn't even made it to a hundred thousand dollars a year yet. Well, what are you, what is your goal if you're going to do that? Or you want a million dollar company. And so you're going to go learn from somebody who's just reaching that million dollar company. Well, it's taken them 10 years to get there or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And you think you're going to go learn from that person. They haven't built that system yet to say, this is exactly what you do to get here. It took them 10 years of yep. research to do that. And God knows what they I, put into exactly. it to make it that. And so like, I'm part of, I never stop learning. I never stop educating myself. Now it may not be on like, you know, transactional concepts. It's on how to grow my mind and how to, to scale my business. But I'm part of a mastermind. I spend over a hundred thousand dollars a year on a mastermind that I'm in and some of the experiences that we go do, we've, we've been to Facebook, we toured Facebook, um, to Google, to Nike. Wow. This year we're going to, uh, to, to Disney and we're going to go behind the scenes with Disney. And so that's things that we can go in and I can actually use conceptual implementation of billion dollar companies, what they're doing in their company to come into my eight figure company. And I love it. that's how you grow. It's what they put into their companies that, that makes such a great difference. And when you yeah. see what goes into it, like, so many people talk numbers, but they don't talk gross. They, they, they talk gross, I'm sorry, but they don't talk net. net. Yeah. And that, that, that's real different. <laughs> and I can, I can be honest with everybody on this thing because I, I don't care. But my partner and I, we, we're doing this thing, and it's a beautiful concept. It's called reverse tithing. Which is something, so I mean, for people that don't know, when you tithe, it's a biblical thing. You're supposed to give 10% of your earnings, whether it be things that you earned either in money or other things as well. 10% is what you give yeah, to the, the first, church. The first tithes were from crops. wasn't even money. Yeah, the which first is crazy. Tithe. Yeah, exactly. Which is crazy. business. So, I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be that. And you can also reverse tithe in, in a different kind of way. You don't have to give necessarily to the church because you can give it to your Lord in, in, in any way. It doesn't have to go specifically to the church. So my business partner and I are doing this thing. Thing where we live off of 10% of what our business makes and the other 90% goes into our business. And if you guys can do that, I applaud you. But we had a month, tough. two months ago, no, it was three months ago, we made $213,000 in assignment fees at our company. And uh, all of it went back into the business. That's <laughs> so good, though. people see That's that, right? And they're like, oh, wow, a number, you must be balling, right? And then like, I, I start talking about it. I'm like, 
the, the, the only thing I've been able to accomplish this to this point is I've been able to free up my time to do other things that are more meaningful yeah. to me than just making money, right? And bigger companies do this. They, yeah. they live off of a specific percentage and the majority of it at the beginning goes straight back into the business. So it's trying to live off of 10% of what you got and putting the other 90% into helping other people. And whether it's like people in your office or other lives that you're trying to change or, I mean, there's, there's like a million ways that you can do it. But that 213,000, 30,000 of it went to the Philippines to open up our call center. 50,000 went to buy out our office building. 20,000 went to the rehab of that office building. Uh, the other part of it went all into marketing and implementing more systems. Y'all just finished that rehab too, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We nice. moved in on the third, which we're Sweet. super excited about, man. And, uh, you know, it, what it's went something. into the systems you said, though? How much? The, the systems itself was probably 50 grand alone. Okay. And that's in dialers, that's in marketing, that's in new skip tracing, that's in creating new real estate products, that's in paying off my CEO, my CF, I'm sorry, my CFO. And, and it's just like this giant wave of, of money that just feels like it never ends, right? But you have to get to a point where you're comfortable with making a play like this. And that, that's based highly off of the people that you surround yourself with. And the, the risk factor tends to go down when the people that you know in your circle tend to bring you up. And you start not really caring that you just spent that amount of money to get a business off of the ground further than it already was. And uh, so I think you just made a good point where the people that you surround yourself with and I mean, that's leverage at its best. I've t I talked to Mitch Stevens about this on his podcast I love Mitch Stevens. Day, that, you know, it's I, I I'm, I'm a type A personality controlling. I like it done my way. Right. But almost if you look at any entrepreneur, any business owner, um, Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos, any of those guys, very similar type mindset. Mm -hmm. But what they've learned is that where their vision is the best vision, they don't always know the best way to skin that cat. Yep. And so they leverage themselves by putting very smart people in place. If you look at Google, one of the things that stood out to me with Google was that everybody that they bring on board is very, very smart. And basically they, the way they set their entire company structure up is everyone is empowered to make decisions. Yep you are hired to make decisions. You're not hired to come in and be a puppet that the person at the top controls because then you're only as good as that person at the top. Yep. And so, so many, what I've noticed is so many small businesses structure their, their business that way, but they're never really able to scale above being like a million dollar business because as a million dollar business, you can, you do 90% of the work, your team does 10% of the work and you can get to a million dollars. And with that, that allows you to still control those 10% of the people because you're still kind of signing off on everything that they do. Mm -hmm. In order to really scale and get to 10 million and then ultimately get to a, a nine-figure business, you've got to start bringing in people that you empower to do what it is you brought them to do and you let go. Yep. And you've got to trust that they are going to complete 80% of whatever it is that you ask and then you only need to be involved for that last 20%. And that's how you start getting that time back I that love you that. were talking about. I love that. And real industries in, in their organization, they create leaders. And that, that's something that's super important. Like uh, my guys in my office, man, like they are amazing. And I'm very fortunate to be able to do what we do. And we hire fast and fire fast, which is crazy because you just never know who's the individual that's going to come into your office and, and really change it for the better. And uh, our, our people at our office are full-blown leaders. Like they are so self-sufficient. I can trust them with our with our company and, and know that while I'm here, miles away from home, 300, 400 miles away from home, that 
my business is still going to operate and we're a team. Like people think that when you decide to become a boss or a CEO that you're going to like work less and tell other people <laughs> to do more. And that, that's not how it works. And it's crazy because when I come to the office, I tell everybody this, but I, I work for my team. Uh, they, I, I like, look at me, right? My belly. Okay. I suck. <laughs> I obviously suck at holding myself accountable, right? But when somebody else holds me accountable, I always show up. When you tell yeah. me I have to be somewhere at a certain time, I'll be there. And that's something that's super important, especially when your team is dependent on you, you dependent on them. It goes both ways, you know? And so like definitely creating leaders in your organization is super important. Being held liable to your team is very, very important because you wanna make sure that you are a resource for them and that you build with them because ultimately they're probably gonna be extensions of, your, of an even bigger vision in the yeah. future. So when you hire people now, make sure that you vet them and always hire on emotional intelligence. That's very important as well. Yeah, yeah. so you brought up some really good points. Like we're going kind of all over the place with this, but this has been phenomenal today. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> so commitment is one of the biggest things to being successful. Like yep. successful people commit. They do what they say they're going to do and they say what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. And you can always, you always know. And they don't retract. If they say they're going to do something, they do it no matter what. Even if it hurts. Sometimes like, I mean, I've got, I've got partners that I've done deals with that I committed to them a and whatever that partnership agreement was going to be and I didn't go back on it even though that the deal didn't turn out the way that we expected the deal to turn out but I committed to something and so that's what I'm going to do and so successful people when they commit to something you know they're going to do it and mm -hmm. they don't quit the the minute that you the minute that you stop on a commitment that you've made whether you've committed to be a 10 million dollar company a 100 million dollar company or you committed to 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 make you know, 10, 10 deals, 10 transactions for the month, 10 closings, and you quit at six because it's hard. Like you're quitting on yourself yep. and you're putting into your mind an idea that it's okay to quit and to give up. And successful people, they don't quit. They do whatever it takes in a commitment. And so I was talking, we have, uh, we have a, a client that we were, that we're working on a couple of deals with and a partner really. And so, you know, successful people go with their gut instinct 90% of the time because 90% of the time your gut is true. And so yep. time actually creates fear. Your mind wants to be comfortable. And so your mind starts talking through everything that it is that is comfortable for you. Successful people find a way to jump out of the airplane every day. And yep. to they, they step into the unknown. They get a little bit scared and that's how they build their success. Mm -hmm. If you just get comfortable and you're comfortable every single day, you're not gonna grow. And so with going with your gut, you have to take time, the factor of time out yep. when making a decision. And so, you know, when I'm most 90% of the decisions that we make now, there's numbers involved on a big for looking at an apartment complex or something. Obviously, there's numbers involved and that takes a little bit of time. But no matter what it is, I'll go through and I'll say, OK, what's the best case scenario if I do this? Whatever, whatever it is that I'm looking at, what's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? And then what's my, most likely? And then in five seconds, I decide. Five, four, three, two, one, go. I make a decision. 90% of the time, that decision is right. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to do. Fear, false evidence appearing real, yeah. right? And so oh, if you powerful. allow your mind to start working and to start thinking, your mind is going to tell you everything that could go wrong. And that's what fear is. Fear is an idea that hasn't even happened yet. Fear is you're scared of something that could happen that hasn't even happened yet. And so you're, you're impl implanting into your mind 
an outcome that hadn't happened yet. Yep. So if you take that away and you put your outcomes as this is what I want the outcome to be and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to this outcome and then make that decision quickly, then you don't allow your mind to start telling you a bad outcome that could happen. Exactly. And that that's part of a... The, so I read this book a while ago. It was by Napoleon Hill and apparently it was passed around through his entire estate for years because it was too controversial to post. And uh, not post, but to publish. And instead of publishing this book, he ended up publishing Think and Grow Rich, which is an amazing story, but it got auctioned off like 20 times. Somebody found it and then published it some odd six years ago. And it's called Outwitting the Devil. And it's one of my favorite books because it talks about these evil thoughts, right? So you can interpret books in a million different kinds of ways. In this book, the evil thoughts, because Napoleon's really trying to capture the reader, he's calling it the devil. And in this book, Napoleon Hill speaks to the devil and the devil, he, he wants to know all the secrets of the universe. So he tells the devil, I wish to know the, the secrets of the world. And the devil tells him, if you're going to speak to me and you want to know these things, you're to refer to me as your majesty. So the entire time he's like, why would I do that when I serve our one and only God, which is a crazy concept, right? That like gave me chills just thinking about it, man. <laughs> and like uh, the devil starts speaking to him and he tells him like, you say that you serve him, but you do not understand because I've been controlling your thoughts and your fears and, and your doubts and all the negative things in your life. I'm constantly wanting you to fail. I'm constantly there in your shadow. And that book is actually about freeing yourself from that energy. And yeah. exactly what you're talking about, fear, right? And 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 the 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 self-doubting and at the beginning like not willing to commit or even just doing a few deals and then failing and then quitting the business. You have to understand that there's something that's evil that's working within you that's trying to pull you away from your purpose. And until you line yourself with with your God-given gifts and and your actual purpose, do you truly find yourself and I think that that was a very different, like that was a very important factor in me getting to this point. I'm damn sure like anybody who gets into the business understands exactly how hard it is yeah. when you have those dead months and like, you know, what are we going to do? Many times I'll, I'll sit, right? And um, I, I hope you don't mind me talking about faith, but no, it, it's super, it's super powerful yeah. to me because um, the other, like two weeks Man, we ago. We talked about that. I'm, I'm a Christian. You're oh, a Christian. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I love it, bro. I love it. Um, so like uh, there was this story that I never heard of before and uh, it was amazing because me and my business partner, we sat down and this was three weeks ago, we were frustrated with our company. We're trying to hit 50 deals. How do we do it right now? We're barely doing enough to, to scale the way that we're wanting to scale, right? But now it's like, what are these holes? And he and I, we got into an argument about it. And my business partner, Garrett Sanchez, love you, bro. And Garrett is an amazing dude. Like he definitely woke me up to something. And he said, you know what, Q, let's stop this real quick because we're not getting anywhere. But I want you to I want you to, I want to tell you a story. And it was pretty powerful, man, because this helped me because for a second I was doubting myself. And I, I realized that that was something that was trying to put me back into the darkness again. Right. And nobody's perfect. We all go through hardships in business. And this is something that you guys need to understand at the beginning, because this is going to happen. You know, failures are, are inevitable. You know what I mean? But it's how you handle those failures. And so he told me the story about these guys that were chilling on a boat. And I'm going to speak it the way that I speak it as crazy as it is. But this is like scripture, ancient writing. Right. And uh, these guys were hanging on a boat and one of them, his name was Peter. And uh, they're in the middle of this crazy storm and they're obviously about to go under, right? And like they're in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of nowhere, and there's no island in sight for them to be able to just park their boat and weather out the storm. And so they're scared. Everybody there is completely scared because of what just happened. They're trying to get somewhere very important. And this is one of the things that's in the way. So Peter looks off to the ocean, tells all of his buddies, what is this light? And then there's this man that's standing on the water walking on the ocean. It's such a crazy story, but Peter says, excuse me, like, we, we need help. Can you help us? And he says, come to me, my child. And the next thing you know, lo and behold, it was Jesus Christ. He says, come to me, my child, and 
I promise you, you will be okay. And so Peter, everybody else is like, nah, bro, we ain't walking in no storm water, right? And Peter walks into and the water. By storm, this is hurricane. It's a hurricane. Storm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's big storm. It's giant. And, yeah. it, it, you know, I'm, of course, I'm breaking it down to the best as I can. But Peter starts walking on the water, walking on the water, as amazing as that is, right? And he's looking straight at Jesus, just hanging out on the other side, telling him, like, you can come to me. And so, like, as Peter starts walking... He, he looks down for a second, gets extremely scared, and then slowly his body starts sinking in. And as he gets closer to this, to, to Jesus, he's like already neck in, like he's going to drown, obviously, because he didn't know how to swim. And then Jesus pulls him up and he looks him right in the face and he says, and I told you that you were all right, you were going to be all right. And that, that was something that is in, in crazy concept right there. But the problem was is that his eyes was on the goal, a.k.a. Jesus, right, in this scenario. And um, when he took his eyes off of that for one second is when he started sinking. And when something has been written for you in your divine purpose, the things that you're trying to do in this world, things are going to shake you. You could be in a storm and you could be sinking just like Peter did. But if you keep your eyes on your goal and what you're trying to do and you realize that everything that you've been trying to accomplish has already been given to you, that your bag was secured before the ends of the world was even decided on, you start thinking in, in, in faith and not hope. Yeah. Hope is a beggar, like Jim Carrey yeah. says. That's, that's, you brought that up and I'm glad you put it that way because so many people think that, okay, I've got this idea, this is what I'm going to get, and then they hope that they get there. Mm -hmm. Like, your success is written in stone and the 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 legacy that you're going to leave behind everything that you're going to do but that doesn't mean that you sit back and don't do anything about yep. it you still have to do your part and you have to walk you have to take that step and you have to have faith that when you take that step and do what you committed to do that the results are going to render themselves yeah but you can't sit back and do nothing and you also can't just hope and and then when it doesn't happen as easy as you think it's going to happen you quit because it's not easy it's not it never said that it's going to be easy but you have to follow, and if you follow, the results will be there. Faith it until you make it. And that's something <laughs> that's, that, you know, that, that not a lot of people understand. I, I mean, again, like I, I, it's crazy because I was never like super religious until two years ago when I was baptized. That really saved my life. Yeah. But I mean, uh, it, it, when you just stop trying to separate the two and you really combine your business with, with your faith and you align yourself spiritually, these commitments that you make, you know, these relationships that you invite into your life, carry so much more light because you understand that you meet people for a reason and that the decisions that you make, whether you see the outcome now or you fall on your face, it was all part of this plan that has already been written for you. You just have to move with that positiveness in, in your life and know that things will work itself out. So commit and commit yeah. and make sure that you trust the people that you do business with. You get what I'm saying? So real quick, I want to I want to kind of end with this with this point that you brought up in with your business partner. So mm -hmm. I have three business partners that we've created. The four of us have created our key. This is insane. You've got your your business partner, right? And so I have a ton of other partnerships where we do business and we partner with people. I've got a, a partnership with my coach where we're doing events together. Mm -hmm. um, you and I are technically partnered together on an event that I'm coming to speak with you. And amazing eight other speakers right and so you have no I, idea what Ty's gonna tell it, you guys it's insane it's gonna be awesome it. yeah but everybody that you do business with is a quote-unquote partnership but you mm -hmm. still have your partners that and your business partner that you've done business with and so one of the cool things that you brought up is you know you're sitting there having an argument the four of us don't always 
have the same idea of how we're going to get to a certain result. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, when we started our business, we decided this is what we want our business to be. This is what we want to ultimately get to. So no matter what, like we'll have days that we'll get into an argument. Lee and I have almost gone to fisticuffs before, right? Yep, like we just, I mean, we're like we're passionate, right? But we have this same end goal in sight. And so when it gets to that point, we've only done that once, never gone back to that situation. It's but right. <laughs> But when we get to where we're like in a heated argument and like, oh, I think this idea or I think this idea or whatever, we all sit back and we're like, okay, here's what we're trying to get to. And we all understand that. And so we're accountable for each other. And you brought that up earlier when my, my partners expect me to be here because I have a significant role in their family and their financial future. Yep. They have a significant role in my financial future, my family's financial future. And together, we can go further than we could by, if we were by, by ourselves, ourselves yep. right? And so, like, with me, I've always been somebody, like, I, I can run really fast by myself. But I've realized that that leverage has allowed me to come in and fill voids that I was not good at. So I, in essence, was able to make my weaknesses my strengths by bringing in the right people yep. that could build those strengths around me. And so that that accountability is what really allows you to build a business. But you have to have the trust to know that everybody involved is going to be moving this ship towards its destination of whatever that destination is that we decided to go towards together. It takes more than one person to row a boat, man, it especially does. when you're traveling a long distance. It you does. Know? So uh, I love that. that. That's a cool concept, guys, definitely. So um, February, we're going to be dropping the, uh, the details on this yeah. deal that you and I are working on. So I'm super excited about that. Um, and so we'll go into to details on how an IRS lien on a property is not really a big deal. You can, <laughs> you can watch that IRS lien walk away. Uh, if you structure the deal properly, it does take time, but we'll go through the details on how that gets happened at your event. Really along excited with a lot about more. I'm that. excited about some of the guys that you've got coming to speak. Uh, I know some of them, some of them I don't, so I'm super excited to hear yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know you talked, there's a there's a, a young lady coming from St. Louis that is in a similar type Christina, of business. Yes, Christina, yes, Christina. She's so, amazing. The sub two gal right sounds there. Sounds like she does some of the stuff similar to kind of what we're doing, so I'm excited to talk to her. Yeah. Um, I don't know her, so I'm looking forward to that event. And then we are planning a big event in April as well, mm -hmm. so we'll be in discussion with you more about that okay, later on cool. and stuff. But uh, so yeah, check out check out the uh, what happens with this deal that Quentin and I are working on uh, at his event, uh, Ground Zero in February. Remind me of the dates again. I don't know. It 18th? is February 27th through the 29th, which we're really Boone's excited wedding, about. It's the 18th, so the 27th through the 29th. Yeah, right, so yep. pumped about that. Pumped about it, guys. We're gonna have some crazy speakers in the building. Bunch of value is gonna be dropping. We're gonna be giving away some crazy systems. Ty is definitely one of our special guest speakers, guys. And just from hanging out with him at his office for a day, I learned so much and if there's one lien that I've never been able to remove it's an IRS lien so if you want to learn the creative strategies and the three ways that you can make money in real estate without having to just offer 70% minus repairs this is gonna be the guy that you have to listen to okay uh, so yeah guys also you know Ty is bringing uh, Ty and I were bringing vanilla ice as well so you know he's gonna be I'm able pumped. to form some songs and whatnot luckily you know Ty has an amazing relationship with this dude and we were able to leverage that relationship to be able exactly. to bring him to a wholesaling event of all things. And for you guys that don't know, he's a real estate investor. So, you know, we're, we're all going to be just having a whole lot of fun, guys. It's going to be one huge get together, okay? I've learned a lot of my concepts from him that we put, implement into our business. I didn't even know he was involved in real estate to the extent he was. 
now I know that he's got a, about a $400 million real estate business, so it's oh going to be God. awesome. And I'm going to go through, he's going to be more fun entertainment. We'll learn some stuff from him. I'll, I'll definitely kind of set up some questions. We can discuss that, some questions and answers that help him educate people and give them some value. And then I'll kind of go through what I've implemented into my business that I took from him. He's got ADD worse than I do, so keeping wow. him on track is like very tough to do sometimes. But <laughs> but I'll definitely, anything that he doesn't share, I'll, I'll share on how I've implemented that into my business and basically taking what he's done is what allowed us to start five more of the businesses that we have. Wow. Um, and so we'll, we'll go into detail about that. So I'm looking forward to it. All righty, guys. Thank you so much, Ty, yeah, for having me, man. Thank you. I Thank appreciate you for being it, yo. Here. So looking forward to the today and the rest of the day. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> and I will be live again next week, not traveling oh, again. Here? So I'll be here next the week. The international Ooh. superstar. It's hard to keep a track of this guy's uh, schedule. Right. So. I think the next couple of weeks. So Awesome. All right, Thank guys. you, guys. We'll please share. Week. Please see y'all later. I think I shared it into your group like nine times or something. Awesome. Like that, so. Don't even worry about it, guys. We'll see Don't you guys. forget to subscribe. Right. Boom.